My fellow bloggers, President McPherson here. Today was a day to live in infamy. We are here to talk about four things. SEO, Pinterest, email list building, and monetization. I put forth here today, this day in 2020, you will have grown your blog by the end of this year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Pete here, CarCast. What's up? Do you even blog tribe? The state of blogging in 2020 is what I want to talk about today. And yeah, I already said the four things I want to cover. SEO, Pinterest, email list building and or email marketing. And lastly, monetization. Yes, I'm coming at you from my car, again, on a drive. I have a car, have a microphone, I have a podcast. What do you know? (laughs) Put those three things together and you have one really silly human who loves to talk about blogging and is willing to do crazy stuff like this. So I present to you the state of blogging 2020. We'll start with SEO. SEO, I'd say largely has remained unchanged for about a year and a year and a half. But I think it's taken this long for a lot of people to come to grips with changes. And here's what I mean. Search intent, making sure your site is technically optimized as best you can without paying a technical SEO to come in and dominate everything. Making sure your site is optimized and then producing I'm going to say the word quality. What I really just mean is like really informative, engaging content. Other than that, I don't care what it looks like. Informative, engaging, that satisfies search intent is, you know, it's the name of the game for 2020. And I've been shouting it for a while. A bunch of SEOs have been shouting it for even longer, but I feel like we're still not listening. Uh, I spent all 2019 interviewing Glenn Alsop and Brittany Muller and Brendan Hufford and Tim Solo and a bunch of other SEOs who started talking about building links through creating linkable content, not sending outreach emails. And they started talking about like crafting a good user experience around search intent. And every single person like talked on this issue of like, what does SEO look like? How do I drive more traffic to my blog? in 2019, 2020. Like, what does that look like? Everybody pretty much says the same thing, but a lot of people are still like, okay, well, that's great, but I got yellow lights in Yoast. (laughs) What do I do now? Or I'll still get questions from people who are relatively new to blogging that follow a lot of other, not follows, have found a lot of other SEO content that is outdated. Like they found stuff from 2018, 2017, it might have been fantastic advice on SEO when it came out, but it's starting to get a little outdated or it puts an overemphasis on adding your keyword, the first paragraph of your blog post. Really? You're going to tell me that's what's going to get you on like page one of Google? No, 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 no. Keyword stuffing gone. Yo, screen lights gone. I would argue even putting exact match keywords in your title, the headline gone. Gone, 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 gone. Not important. Your blog posts are going to rank for like hundreds and thousands of different keywords. It's been like this for a while. I just feel like we're just now starting to catch up and this is becoming common knowledge. But from everybody I've spoken to on the podcast, from all of my friends who are way better than I at SEO, this is the state of SEO in 2020. Search intent, duh. Engaging, compelling, unique. (laughs) 
sorry. Every time I say the word unique, I think of Will Ferrell and Anchorman. Unique New York. Unique New York. No, producing linkable content, original data, survey research, new ideas, old contrarian opinions on old ideas, uh, anything. Anything that is unique to you and your brand is more likely to generate links. That and going the whole, forget the skyscraper thing. What is the, uh, what is the, uh, how about the moonshot technique? Going like 10x, not 10% better, 10x. Like if somebody is writing like, you know, 3,000 words, go like 30,000 words, see what happens. That's not necessarily the answer, by the way, just linked. But creating like 10x the content is the only way to like make quality the differentiating factor. Quality. What about the content itself? Unique linkable content, answering search intent, and then just the base of technical SEO. Like making sure your site's optimized, making sure you have like a few things under your belt that you could probably learn in a day or two. That is the state of SEO in 2020. Yes, it's not very satisfying. Yes, I'm presenting nothing new in this podcast that I haven't ranted about and or a lot of the SEOs have already talked about, but it's true, I swear. I swear on my own blog. I think it's true. Uh, That said, I haven't done a whole lot of SEO in the past year. So don't listen to me. Uh, Listen to all the people that I've interviewed on the podcast who are SEOs by living, by trade, by craft. I don't know what else to say there. There you go. That is SEO. Let's take a quick cashew break. (coughs) I have almond, dark chocolate, and cashew trail mix. Pretty sure it's the most unhealthy trail mix, but also the most delicious. No raisins, no seeds. I don't need none of that. Road trip, just give me the chocolate and almonds. Mmm, that is delicious. That's really good. The state of Pinterest, our traffic remains strong. Our will, stronger. No, let's talk about Pinterest. I... Still think Pinterest is viable for those just starting out, for those who have been on it for a little while. I still, I see the effort in maintaining, but there's a big but here. (laughs) Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's a big but here. And that but is if you have thought out what you do with the traffic. I'm going to say that again. Pinterest, totally valid traffic strategy, totally a valid driver of traffic to websites in general, especially promoted pens. But as long as you have well thought out what you do with the traffic, here's what I mean by that. So many people are just on the Pinterest bandwagon because they've been told by other people that, oh, it's a traffic driver. Oh, Chasing Foxes drove like 2 million views. That was like three or four years ago now, by the way. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, chasing boxes drove 2 million views from Pinterest in the first year or whatever. Oh my gosh, Pinterest traffic, traffic, traffic. Yeah, that's probably true. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on your niche. It depends on your users, your audience, your avatar. Are they on Pinterest? What are they looking for exactly? Think about search intent on Pinterest. I know people don't like to use that word with Pinterest. Search and discovery, discovery engine, whatever that is. But really think about what people are looking for when they search for stuff on Pinterest. I don't care what niche it is. I don't care if it's like uh, fitness, weight loss, home, art, home decor, DIY, like some fashion, some traditional Pinterest topics or stuff like finance or blogging or fill in the blank. It really doesn't matter. What are they looking for? What are they looking to achieve when they search for something, which is still primarily how people find your pins on Pinterest that I'm aware at least to search 
what are they looking for? What are they looking to do? What are they looking to learn? Is it a quick win or is it long? Is it how-to? Is it educational? Is it for ideas? Uh, most people that I've talked to in 2019, last year, who started in the last couple of years, as in not the people who jumped on the group board bandwagon from 2015, 2016, people after that that have seen success have been very intentional about the pins and how that relates to the content and what they do with that traffic, what they do with that traffic. Pinterest, much higher bounce rates than SEO. Pinterest, much less loyal follower likelihood. I just made that up. That's a new metric. Loyal follower likelihood, much less from Pinterest than on SEO, but again, with the big butts, <laughs> sorry, oh gosh, uh, again, with the big butts, it depends on your audience, who that is, and what you are doing with that traffic. There you go. Uh, by the way, this is the next additional bonus part of the state of blogging, promoted pins. I personally have seen pretty good luck. Uh, I would say luck, maybe it's just skill, baby. Pretty good results from promoted pins. A little bit cheaper than running Facebook ads for my own stuff. This, again, I'm in the blogging niche. It's a little different depending on who you are, where you're at, or whatnot. But I found the process to be pretty easy. I did some keyword research. I wrote a bunch of stuff down. I created some pins. I had an intern create some pins because that's not really my forte. Uh, mine still outperformed hers, by the way. Sorry. Uh, and you know what? I've seen some pretty good results there. So if that's kind of your style, if you're looking for another platform to try, you think your people, your audience, your avatar is on Pinterest, but you still haven't quite figured out the Pinterest game. Not sure you want to spend hours and hours every month, which by the way, is truly what I believe it takes. If you're just starting out, like within the past year or so, trying to like make it quote unquote, grow a Pinterest uh, avalanche <laughs> of traffic, it's going to take more time. I would argue outside of creating content than SEO. Again, just my opinion. Don't don't at me on this podcast. It's just my opinion. Pinterest takes more time than SEO outside of creating content. There you go. I said it. Uh, analyzing stuff in Tailwind, Tailwind Tribes, trying to figure that stuff out, creating more boards. If you, I don't know. It's just, it's just a bunch. It's a lot. Promoted pins can, not will, they can be a way to get more email subscribers, Depends on your niche, depends on your audience. Check it out. That's all. Promoted pins. Now, I will suddenly talk about email list building. Okay. Email list building and email marketing. Somebody was talking about YouTube the other day. I'm going to talk about YouTube to talk about email marketing. Somebody was like, oh, YouTube is dead. That was a trending topic on Twitter. YouTube is dead in 2020 or something like that, which is stupid, by the way. And I just listened to a bunch of YouTubers talk about it and how stupid it is. YouTube is definitely not dead. But a lot of the same people are talking about YouTube being dead as a destination, as in the be-all, end-all of your audience, of your platform, that being your platform and not having anything else off of YouTube would be more and more dangerous. Why? You don't own YouTube. When people subscribe to you on YouTube, you don't own it. Even when you like upload your videos there, like YouTube could disappear. It's not going to disappear next year or the year after or the year after, but 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now, who knows? It could be gone. Email list building at the moment is still the most thing you have control of. Sorry, your email list. Your email list is still the most control, the most ownership you have over your audience. That's right. You control the email list. You don't control the people, but you control the email list. That's very different. 
that is not a platform that can be taken from you. Now, Gmail could change things or Outlook could change things. And I would argue senders, like uh, email service providers, ConvertKit, MailChimp, uh, like they could take things, they could change things, things might break, that's fine. You own the emails that people have enrolled and given to you, your fans. Anybody who pays, not pays, pays with their email, <laughs> anybody who opts into your stuff has given you permission to contact them, you still own that via the email list. You do not own it via Facebook likes, YouTube subscribers, maybe even podcast downloads. That depends. There's a lot of like different uh, platforms and softwares and podcast player apps that people listen to. Even that's like a funky thing. You don't really own that. But the email list is still something you have control over, so it's still important. There you go. There's my rant. Americans, email list is still important. No. So email list building, though. Email list building. Why are people going, uh, I'm just going to say it, half-ass? That's the word I think. When I think of 98% of the blogs I've been on in the past couple of months, again, you have to remember, I just look at blogs for a living at this point. Like I spy on everybody all the time. I look at blogs daily over and over and over and over and over again. And the blog audits I've done and the consults I've done with folks in online impact, like everybody I've looked at, they seem to be doing email list building half-ass. Like, oh, it's not really my primary thing. It's not really what I'm going for and that's fine. I'm definitely doing it passively, so I'm going to like also stick it out of the way. It's like the fifth thing down on my sidebar. I've just got like one sentence of copywriting. Do you know subscribe for updates where I send you blah? Yeah, yeah, it's half-ass. Here's what I want. I want whole ass. I want people to make it a priority, even if it's done passively, as in like move it to the top of your sidebar, put it at the top of your homepage, and give me more than a sentence on why I should give you my email. We see emails all the time. We see pop-ups all the time. We see ads all the time. 2019 was the year of the crappy websites like Forbes and Business Insider that are just littered with pop-ups and ads and forums and yada, 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 premium paywalls or whatever. Just having an email form does nothing. It impresses no one. It's not noticed. It is invisible. I say to you, make it visible. Uh, you know what? Don't be afraid to add four or five lines of text. I don't care if it takes up half the page. Give me a reason to join the email list. You don't even have to have a freebie either. Just tell me why we, we should join. Give us a little bit of a persuasion and copywriting and tell us what we're going to get. How many emails? What's the frequency? What topics do you talk about? Do you give us exclusive content we can't find anywhere else? Say that. Are you going to send us videos that no one else can watch? Say that. Are you going to send us freebies? Say that. Free guide, say that. Give us more information. I don't care if it's passively promoted or not, but I want it to be more intentional. I want it to be whole ass. Yeah, I said it. Now I'm going to have to put an explicit warning on this podcast episode. I feel like it's done half-ass, especially with bloggers in the first like two or three years. It, it's, it's important. You own that email list. You don't own the people, but you own the email list. They have given permission to put your stuff in front of them and talk to them and teach them things and sell them things. That is extreme power. Yeah, the, the money is still on the list. People have been saying that for years if you've been around the blogosphere. The money is still in the email list. Pat Flynn just came out with an episode a couple of weeks ago saying uh, email list. Yep, 2020. Yep, more important than ever. Check. Done. Email list. Stop Stop being half-hearted. Right? Move it up to the top of the, uh, the page. Move it up to your homepage. Put it in the header. Make it persuasive. Convince me to join your email newsletter. 
Be descriptive. Be clear. Clear, descriptive. Add images. Add GIFs. Add videos. Add more text. Do whatever it takes to get people on the email list. Freebie or no freebie. I don't care. Stop doing it half-assed. Make it happen, people. It's important. You'll thank me later. There you go. Woo! I think I need some more cashews after that rant. That was a... That was like the dark chocolate-filled rant. I'm taking more cashews here. Maybe I'll mellow out. All right. Let's talk monetization. The word... Of 2020, when it comes to how our blog economies will flourish, is intentional. Intentional. Same thing with the uh, email list building, for the most part. I want people to put more energy and effort onto finding their monetization plan. I will repeat that phrase. I want you, blogger, to be more intentional and thoughtful about Finding your monetization method, yours and yours alone. That's right. Ads. I want to talk about ads first. Ads are great. Yeah. I hate display ads. Yeah. They distract from user experience. Yeah. Some of them are super ugly. Yeah. They don't really make a lot of money in a lot of scenarios. But yeah, they can be awesome. And here's what to do. Stop thinking about any ads until you get 10,000 page views a month, period. If you can go to ezoic, ezoic.com, I believe. I'm not even an affiliate of them. Uh, just <laughs> Ezoic. I, there's there's a few online impact members that use them and swear by it. Ezoic, you you need like 10,000 page views a month. It's going to pay like 10x what AdSense, Google AdSense pays. And they don't look as gaudy. In my opinion, just my opinion. Some people may hate them and that's fine. But that pays for your domain each year. It pays for your hosting each year and more, right like at the snap of fingers, getting to 10,000 page views a month is a clear bar that you should strive for. If you're making money, you're looking to make money relatively passively uh, and you don't know products yet, but you still want to like sustain, just just do that. It's fine. I know. And Pete talking about putting ads on your site is kind of like, what? But I swear, Ezoic, not as bad as AdSense, makes you way more money. And if that like helps you continue to keep blogging, done. Done and done, my friend. 10,000 page views a month, go with Ezoic. 25K, was it 25K, 30K? 25K sessions for MediaMind, great. Even more money. Uh, it, you know, it still adds on your site. I'm sorry. I don't like ads. Don't put any ads on your site if you're that, if you feel that strongly about it. But if you don't feel that strongly about it and you want to make money and you have the page views, do it. Fine. Done. Now, outside of that, affiliate marketing, jeez, uh, it's just more traffic. Get your audience. Yeah, write your view posts. Be intentional about your affiliates. Is it good? Like, just be intentional. There you go. I'm not even going to say anything more about that. That's stupid. You know what I mean by that. Be intentional about the affiliates you choose and how you promote them. There you go. Products. Same thing. I want people to go back and be more intentional about their products and everything that leads into selling those products. The funnel. I just released an episode last week with Alex Nerdy from Create & Go. We talked about funnels for 45 minutes straight. Funnels. Now, that's a word that like overwhelms a lot of people. It's a little offsetting, talking about sales and marketing and stuff outside of blogging. But if you want to make money, and specifically through products, I would argue even affiliate marketing too. That's how Busy Budgeter has built a million-dollar blog, was originally through uh, funnels and affiliate marketing. But even if you have your own products, that's what you want to do. You got to work that stuff out. You got to be intentional about, am I attracting the right people for this product? Am I pitching them at the precise time that is optimal. How much trust do I need to build? Can I do it same day? Do they need a year of warm up, of prep, of my brand? 
to get into this product? What does that look like? How long should I wait? Uh, how can I best sell this and package it? What price point? What bonuses? If anything, what do I need to do? Optimize. It's a process. It's not a one-time figure-outable thing. It's not figure-outable right away. It's a process of launching things, selling things, implementing funnels, and then being intentional. Going back and analyzing, like, okay, this did not work. This clearly did not work. I'm not sure what worked. That's the answer 80% of the time is I don't know. I don't have the data yet. It hasn't been long enough. That didn't work, I think. Uh, And then just doing it again and again and again and again and analyzing and being intentional about the funnel. The product, all the way up to the, how you get traffic, and then how you convert people, and what products, what freebies you use to get people down to your products, that sort of stuff. Intentionality is the word of 2020. One final word. I didn't actually think I was going to talk about this, but I thought about this now. This is an interesting negative trend that I've seen in 2019, and probably you know it's been going slowly building up for. I don't know, years and years and years and years. But I just started noticing it a lot more. The easier it becomes to get a website up, now again, this has been happening for years and years, the easier it is to get plugins, the easier it is to get different functionalities. Like five years ago, it was more difficult to get in working opt-in on your website before ConvertKit came out with their forms that you could just copy and paste anywhere. It was more difficult. Now, easier than ever to get ads, to sell products, to get embeddable checkouts, to do this and that, and make your blog look like this and that and this and that, and paid studio press themes and this and that. It's easier and easier and easier than ever, and it's an interesting thing is happening. From a design and user experience perspective, blogs are getting more and more cluttered and confusing and not digestible. I'm gonna say that again. Due to the ease in which you can get paid themes, plugins that have all sorts of functionality, you know, less than 10 minutes of work, Elementor, all this other stuff, the more blogs are becoming cluttered and less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Hard to consume. They're getting harder and harder to consume. I would strongly suggest if you were listening to this, a Do You Even Blog Tribe member and podcast subscriber, you are among the elite. You are among the best generation of bloggers that has ever been. No, I encourage you to dial back down the clutter. I encourage you to move more towards simplicity and minimalism to make your content easier to consume. Again, the takeaway, make your content easier to consume. Don't let the fact that you now have access to anything from a design perspective, functionality perspective on your blog, whether that's like content related or email list building related or monetization or whatever that is, more and more clutter, harder and harder to read content. Make your blog easier to read. Make your content easier to consume. Make your points stand out better. That is is my final takeaway for 19, 2019, 2020. I feel like we should all take a step back. Remember that more and more people are on their phones. More and more people are getting distracted more and more quicker because of TikTok, Snapchat, Snapchat, whatever that is. Uh, More and more people spending less and less time on blogs. You have to make it easier for people to find and consume your content. Make it easy. There you go. Boom. That's my last takeaway. Thank you for listening. I will come back with you in a couple of days for the state of podcasting in 2020. Yes. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my car cast. Adios, blog tribe.